A friend of mine who is a priest in another diocese was asked to go to the Jordan River during this season to baptize a dear friend who was dying. They traveled to Israel and found what they thought would be a remote location on the shores of the Jordan. As she and her friend were standing ankle deep in the river, a large crowd gathered on the shore. It seems as if people from all over the world had converged. As she baptized her ill friend, people began singing and clapping with joy. Someone else waded out and asked my friend to baptize him. Well, at least that's what she thought he was saying. There was even more cheering from the shore. As they walked back to dry land, a party erupted. It, it was a scene of collective joy. There was dancing and singing. Strangers were hugging strangers. It was an instantaneous community of Christians bound not by language or race, but by something inevitable. My friend the priest said she felt as if the Spirit of God had been laid upon them all. Their lives had been transformed by the presence of the Spirit, which each person had brought with them, shared, and been strengthened by the experience. In our Gospel reading this morning, Jesus comes to the Jordan and threads his way through the crowd to John the Baptist. The two stood in the Jordan. Jesus rose up out of the water to the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Then a voice from the heavens proclaims, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. I was drawn to the words that describe the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. Some translations describe it as alighting upon Jesus, or resting upon him, or settling on him. The Gospel writers describe this Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. But to me, these verbs, alighting, settling, resting, conjures in my mind the image of a loving arm or a warm blanket coming to rest around me. My son is a triathlete, and I have watched him compete many times when it was cold and wet. At the finish of these grueling six to 12 hour competitions awaits a band of family members, friends, and race volunteers ready with blankets and loving arms. What always strikes me is how tenderly we drape blankets and enveloping hugs over the competitors as they collapse. They cling to us and the blankets. You can watch athletes slowly thaw out and stop shaking. As I gaze at these beautiful babies, their baptism is similar to the Spirit of God draping them with God's loving arms like a warm blanket. This spiritual embrace will both protect them and empower them. The Holy Spirit settles across their shoulders to warm their hearts against the dark and cold in the world. It rests there lightly to empower them with courage and strength to do God's work in this world. Baptism is for our comfort, but it also compels us into doing God's work in this world. We can't stay in that loving embrace. The warm and comforting arm across our shoulders 
propels us towards God's mission. And what is that mission? In our reading from Isaiah, we get a glimpse of what God's work is to be. This part of Isaiah predicts the coming of Christ. The passage says, I, God, have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring justice to the nations. We too have that spirit put upon us. We too are called to bring justice to everyone. We strive for justice as our baptismal vow state. There are many definitions for justice, and I always hesitate because there's so many lawyers here. The Hebrew word that Isaiah uses is mishpat. Justice can be defined as a procedural term that means the proper and unbiased understanding of legal factors in courts and human affairs. Mishpat also can be defined as a distributive justice where all resources and responsibilities are given equitably. Legal and distributive, just, distri- distributive, distributive justice are human covenants between people to assist us to live together. But Jesus calls us to a higher standard and then gives us the gifts to succeed. Jesus supported justice, but for him, and those who follow him, the meaning of justice is a heart thing. This is what so baffled people surrounding Jesus. When questioned about the Mosaic laws, Jesus' response is that we follow a higher law, a law of love. In Mark 12, a scribe asked Jesus, which is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus responds with, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus' kind of justice is founded on God's love. This justice is not only that God loves me, but and that God loves you. This love has no exceptions. There is not, this is not because we are worthy of God's love, because none of us really are. It is based on God's universal love. As Paul says, God has no partiality. Jesus' justice is based on God loving everyone fully and wholeheartedly. Therefore, we too are called to love everyone. This is tough. I don't want to love everyone. I don't want to love my neighbor. I don't want to love those who I consider wrong because I am right. But, and, it is so enticing because it is so easy to return hate for hate. It seems as if we revert back to our playgrounds. If our lives are based on fear and anger, then we divide ourselves. We are right right, and you are wrong. It is all so subjective. Maybe we no longer are fighting for who is the top of the jungle gym, but we are fighting nonetheless. 
The good news is that we have help as we strive for God's justice to love all. We have God's spirit laid upon us, God's loving arms that settle around you and me compels us to love. Through our baptism, God's Spirit empowers us. This power helps us to love those who we struggle even to like. We lean into this power. We can love all. We can respect the dignity of every human being. As we strive to love everyone, the gift of the Spirit protects us as well. The warm blanket of the Spirit transforms into the armor of God. It shields us when we confront fear and hate in others. And it can help us resist the impulse to react with fear and hate that makes this world so cold and dark. We can draw close about us to protect ourselves, but protection is not the same thing as aggression. If we let it, the Spirit of God can fuel, fuel wise love without allowing us to be hurt. We thank James Cooper Haley, Natalie Kathleen Davis Stolar, and Peter Carl Ward and their families. We bear witness at their baptisms, that the Spirit is laid upon all of us as well. One of the best ways to lean into God's love is to join with others. Like my friend's experience at the shores of the Jordan, we form a community to rejoice and be transformed once again. Striving for justice is when, through God, my heart meets your heart, and together, we seek the loving hearts of others. And just how do we do that? A few weeks ago, we loved our way into wrapping over 800 gifts for children. What is it that magnifies God's love when you are sharing rolls of wrapping paper and stealing each other's tape? We have had some extraordinary worship service. At Christmas, we sang and smiled our way through an adorable Christmas pageant and magnificent music. Last week, we had two very moving memorial services when in our grief, we joined in loving each other and those that died. So try it this week. When you encounter someone who is difficult to love, Imagine God's arm resting lightly across your shoulders, guiding you into loving. If you feel that God loves you, then it is far easier to recognize that God loves others. St. John's is in a unique position to witness to the way of God's justice. We believe that God's justice is to recognize that God loves everyone with no exceptions. We encourage each other and go forth to spread the good news to our city, our nation, and to the world. That is what baptism means. May we be witnesses to each other and the world that all are God's beloved in whom he is well pleased. Amen.